0: Coming to theaters, Patterns of Evidence, Journey to Mount Sinai 2. Investigative filmmaker Timothy Mahoney uncovers evidence of the true location of Mount Sinai. Interviewing modern-day Exodus explorers and scholars.
1: Once I realized what this site
0: was, I dropped to my knees. All of the evidence, it's sitting out there for everyone to see. Inspiring and faith-affirming. Journey to Mount Sinai 2 in theaters only, May 15th and 17th. Get tickets today at PatternsofEvidence.com.
6: Code KMC.
5: I've been in show business my entire life. I know when someone's an actor or an actress. And I'd hear Balance of Nature being advertised, and I just thought, these are real people out there. And they seem to just be really telling the truth about this product that they love. So I started using Balance of Nature, and immediately I started seeing results. And I went, oh my gosh, this works. I literally called up the founder and I said, I've never done this before in my life. I want to tell people about Balance of Nature. I want it to do for them what it's done for me.
3: Join Kathy Lee Gifford and thousands of people worldwide on a journey to better health. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get 35% off your first preferred order. That's 1-800-2468-751. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-2468-751 and get this special offer by using discount code KLG.
0: Coming to theaters, Patterns of Evidence, Journey to Mount Sinai 2. Investigative filmmaker Timothy Mahoney uncovers evidence of the true location of Mount Sinai. Interviewing modern-day Exodus explorers and scholars.
1: Once I realized what this site was, I dropped to my knees. All of the evidence,
0: it's sitting out there for everyone to see. Inspiring and faith-affirming. Journey to Mount Sinai 2 in theaters only, May 15th and 17th. Get tickets today at PatternsofEvidence.com.
6: You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. Breaking news as it happens, what it means, and why it matters.
7: Uh, Kevin McCullough, and here we
2: go.
0: Obliterating confusion. Amplifying truth. And pursuing clarity. Kevin McCullough,
6: now. No. Breaking news on a variety of issues. Some good news in New Jersey for families there. Uh, we will also speak with Governor Mike Huckabee and get his thoughts on the Durham report from this week, Bethany Mandel will join us a little bit later on. And before we're done, the passing of Tim Keller, a New York uh, giant in uh, the Christian circles. Stay here.
3: Kevin McCullough
6: All right, Kevin McCullough, welcoming you into a very special Friday edition of Kevin McCullough Radio. And as we've got a lot to get to in the next hour, uh, we're just going to be all over the globe and talk to all kinds of people. And it's going to be a perfect uh, way to end the uh, the radio week for Kevin McCullough. Don't forget, you got to join me on TV tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern, for that Kevin show. But I am uh, glad to welcome back uh, a longtime friend, uh, someone who I supported in his presidential runs not once, but twice, um, and think that his daughter might be about the best governor that Arkansas ever had. with the exception of maybe him. Uh, Governor Mike Huckabee, welcome back. So good to have you.
1: Well, thank you very much. Look, I'll I'll even uh, cede any uh, claim to being the best governor to my daughter. It would be an honor uh, for her to be the best, and I would be thrilled for people to just accept that
6: yeah well i'll never forget and i'm going to brag on both of you here for a second we this was back in the uh election cycle when you had just come off the campaign trail the first time and uh technically mr romney was the runner-up to mr mccain even though you had more votes uh, at the end of the day than uh, mr romney did but cpac was going down and at the actor stephen baldwin and i had had formed this little youth lounge at cpac called Um, I forget, I forget what we call X Pack or something like that. And I had asked you to come speak to the kids because they couldn't afford the $300 rubber chicken dinners at the end of the night, like all the white hairs could at CPAC. So it was really like CPAC was the world of two conferences. It was the old people at night and it was the kids all day. Um, But you were, you were unavailable and Sarah stepped in for you. And not only did she show up. But when the kids, when the session was over at the end of the evening, she stayed and talked to every single person that was in line that had come to see you or see her or to just be part of the experience, but wanted to have a word with her. And she was there until probably about 1 a.m. And I just I just remember thinking uh, at the time, this entire family really understands the message of public service and of being selfless in all of that. And I I just I'm so proud of what she's become in every sense of the word since then. Um, Let me let me get to not so good things. Durham report out this week, Governor, and there could not have been a bigger refutation of everything that Rachel Maddow, Maxine Waters, Adam Schiff and all the rest have been telling us for the last three years.
1: The Durham report confirmed what we already deep down knew. Uh, The one disappointment of it was that there weren't indictments returned. I just cannot imagine that people are not going to be held accountable or for heaven's sakes, at least fired or lose their pensions uh, over the fact that they took a completely bogus report that was initiated by Hillary Clinton's campaign and they used it as the basis to try to prevent the election of a president. And once elected, then tried to stage a coup d'etat to have him overturned, overthrown, and shoved out the door. This far exceeds anything that Watergate was about. You know, people talk about Watergate as such a big political scandal, and it was, and people will also say it was the cover-up more than it was even the crime, because the crime amounted to virtually nothing, uh, digging through the offices of the DNC and not finding anything of consequence. But this is a bigger cover-up because this was not a bunch of political operatives This involved people at the highest levels of law enforcement and the intel community. And not only did they conduct activities that were blatantly illegal, but they continued to not only do them, but to cover them up at the highest levels of our government. And I I just wish the press had some level of integrity left. They don't. They're gone. And Donald Trump was right when he said they are the enemy of the people, because when you know something is the truth and you tell it uh, as a lie, and then when you find out something was a lie and you tell it as the truth, you are the enemy of the people, because you are exactly doing the opposite of what a responsible press should do.
6: Let me ask you about Kevin McCarthy's response, because I saw yesterday he's contemplating uh, expelling Adam Schiff from the Congress completely. your thoughts on such a dramatic action. Of course, I mean, he's got it coming because he was the one that was telling us he had seen the proof. Um, but w- would, a, would a big statement like that send a message?
1: You know, it, it it should send the message. I don't know that it will really happen. Um, and, and there's some danger involved when you start doing that because then when the Democrats get in power, they're going to use the same stick that was used against them. But I do like the fact that Kevin McCarthy is using the same stick that was used against Republicans. This would be a a much further bridge to go. But on the other hand, uh, maybe what he should do is say, we will expel you unless you show us that evidence that you have now claimed for three years to or actually for five years to have had possession of. Right. Put up or shut up, Adam. Or at least apologize. That's the minimum you can do is apologize and admit you are an absolute, uh, as as Joe Biden would say, a dog face, uh, (laughs) a lion dog face pony soldier.
6: (laughs) I forgot that he had used that. But it wasn't just him. Maxine Waters said the same thing. Rachel Maddow said the same thing for, for months and months. I mean, these people need to have their credibility and whatever their status is wherever they're at deeply questioned and if not stripped because at the end of the day they were all in on it or if they weren't they certainly were gullible enough to believe the people that that were and from that standpoint especially with someone like Maddow, you're not going to do your job you're not going to get uh, confirmation on your own um you kind of you kind of deserve the consequences that come with that
1: I don't think we're ever going to see that level of accountability. These people have no shame. I would be so embarrassed if I had gone out and said something that was untrue, even if I believed it at the time, and then it was proven to be 100 percent, 180 degrees from the truth. Yeah. I think I would come forward and say, I just want you to know I was duped. I believed it, but I was wrong, and I want to admit I was wrong, and here's the truth, and I now embrace the truth as uncomfortable as it is but these people they're never going to do that because they just keep lying and hope that people will believe them and the sad thing is a lot of people do
6: well and we've entered an era governor that is really concerning in that we no longer understand what shame is um yeah we, we we're not capable of being shamed or being ashamed of things that we've done and I, it frightens me a little bit because when that kind of environment sets in, then the recognition of evil is practically out the window. And that means it's open season on every, everybody that's
1: good. I can remember when people could actually see another person blush because they were embarrassed, you know, and, and you might just ask yourself, when's the last time you saw somebody blush? Yeah. Because that it, it's just an indication that people now can lie with impunity. And that is, Deeply disturbing.
6: Very much so. Hey, real quickly, 10 seconds on this. 75th anniversary of Israel, your thoughts.
1: What a remarkable uh, country. I've been going for 50 years this July. 1973 was my first trip. I've been over 100 times. I take groups every year, but I never cease to be amazed at what God is doing in this little bitty strip of real estate that is the single most contested piece of real estate on the planet.
6: It is really cool, no doubt. All right, what's the big uh, Huckabee Today show got in store for us this weekend?
1: Well, we're really excited that uh, Katie Nicole, who is a Christian singing sensation, just on fire. She's going to be our musical guest. Cal Thomas will be talking about his new book regarding journalism and politics. And Lindsay Keith has just been signed to be a part of the TBN family joining us at uh, Trinity Broadcasting as the new news anchor for CenterPoint. Governor,
6: always fun to have you with us. Thanks
1: for being here. My pleasure.
6: Thank you, Kevin. Gavin McCalla coming right back.
4: Four- the heavyweight champion of the world.
0: On April 28th, experience the movie based on the miraculous story of George Foreman. George Foreman
4: ain't no new champ. He is the new chump. Foreman, is
0: now. I'm not going to box anymore. I'm going to follow God. It's the greatest comeback story of all time. There's only two things I know how to do. Box and preach. And preach. preach, you won't pay the bills. Foreman's
1: 45 years old. The risk isn't losing, it's surviving. How
8: can you beat that money? I'm going
0: to do this my way. Big George Foreman, exclusively in movie theaters. April 28th, rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.
7: I was a child when i was abducted by the arabs my parents used to own livestock and my mother would do all the cooking for us i don't remember the year that i was captured there had never been any problems in our village then one day all of a sudden we heard that there were arabs attacking dinka villages throughout the south we were so worried we could not even sleep at night it was a big concern to my mother and my father we were told that these Arabs were heavily armed and would kill all the animals and people when they would attack. We were very scared. Then one morning, they attacked our village. We scattered in different directions and I ran, but I was captured. My entire village was burned down. And I've never seen a member of my family since. Then I was taken north, into slavery. My eyes saw horrific things on that trip to the north. Women were raped, right in front of us. Men were beaten, and four men were killed because they tried to fight back. They were shot dead before our eyes. Once at the slave master's house, I was pretty much starved, and worked brutal hours every single day doing difficult and very, very hard work. There was no relief, and then they raped me my slave master did not think of me as a human he would not even let me go to the hospital when I fell sick and one day I heard that there was a slave retriever from CSI close by how I wanted to be free that retriever secured my freedom and thank God I was able to return to South Sudan thank you to each of you who helped the slaves be free But please don't stop until we get them all.
6: And may I just add that we are so thankful that you have been part of the team that has helped us liberate more than 45 slaves this year already. Of the 192 that are on the list, 45 of them uh, have been liberated. And we have more that we are about to embark upon to do you may know the violence in, in Sudan is very dangerous right now, and yet our slave liberators are more committed than ever to getting them out, uh, to get them to safety and to get them to uh, be reunited with their family. If you'd like to help us, here's the number, 888-342-1010, 888-342-1010, 888-342-1010, or go to bringherhome.org for all the details, bringherhome.org, bringherhome.org. Help us put an end to slavery in this lifetime. 888-342-1010.
4: Breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio.
6: All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. You know, there are some issues that we track far and wide that have had different varying degree of impact on the lives of families. And a lot of times in public policy, particularly in this part of the country, uh, we we have more defeats than we have victories. So every now and then, when something happens that's good <laughs> and progress is made, I always want to try to celebrate that. And that's why I'm uh, glad to have with me uh, right now uh, Sean Hyland, who is the director of New Jersey Family Policy here in the tri-state. Uh, and Sean, I, I recently saw that you had a victory of sorts on the national or on the statewide curriculum level. For New Jersey schools. Tell us what happened.
9: Yeah, so over a year ago, the Department of Education put up sample lessons for their diversity and inclusion curriculum that mandated gender identity be taught beginning in kindergarten. And for the past year, we've been really exposing and challenging these lessons and sharing with parents, you know, examples of what the NJDOE has been offering to schools as samples. Now again, to be clear, schools don't have to use these specific lessons, but they were being promoted and endorsed by the NJDOE as samples to choose from, or at least to be inspired to go in that direction. And we've been sharing this with parents for over a year. And then recently I went to go to, to share the lesson again with the parents. So they can see where we're getting the information from. And all of a sudden, the NJDOE very quietly, very silently, very tactfully has removed these lessons from their website that was teaching five-year-old students how to do gender role playing and how to question. The gender you know box and how to uh, act outside of the gender norms of what children normally act as and so we were really surprised we at the same time encouraged that after all the advocacy and the mobilization of parents across the state the Njdoe is so embarrassed uh, that they realize that their lessons are so inappropriate and indefensible that they're beginning to take them down from their website
6: now this is an issue in the New Jersey schools that parents have been very concerned about for a while what what is the What is the technical um, deadline or date that schools have to begin teaching more of this curriculum in their uh, their studies outside of the sex education courses that come in sixth grade?
9: Yeah, so this curriculum mandate was supposed to take place in this school year. So most school districts have adopted some sort of curriculum to meet this diversity and inclusion curriculum starting 2022-2023 school year. Uh, now again, school districts can choose where to place these lessons wherever they deem as appropriate. We encourage school districts to limit these lessons only to health class, but then families can opt out of them. But in many school districts, they are sprinkled and saturated in other subjects across the school day. And that's what's so troubling because there is this gender ideology being imposed upon incredibly young children, and their families can't even opt them out of some of these lessons. What uh, types of things they go, are
6: they what types of things are they presenting to kids and at what ages are they doing it?
9: Okay, according to the law, and there are sample lessons of this, starting in kindergarten through second grade, they are trying to teach kids what gender identity means, how gender identity is a social construct, and begin to have these kids act out gender norms at, again, this kindergarten, first grade level, and then to encourage these children not to fit inside of the gender box, as they call it. And begin to question what gender even means. The actual lesson itself that we gave as samples at the NJDOE had on the website is telling teachers do not define what the word gender means for these students. Let them come to their own conclusion. These are five year old students. They don't have the critical thinking skills or the cognitive ability to understand this issue. It just complicates and confuses them. And they're doing it so young that this is why there's such a, a surge of gender dysphoria and confusion in schools in the culture and unfortunately tragically in this young generation
10: um
6: do we have any evidence in the new jersey schools at least to your knowledge of parents who have uh, fought back against this and what types of responses they've received when doing so
9: well parents have been speaking up across the state either on the diversity curriculum the sex learning standards or the other part of this equation these very troubling language arts books that are in school libraries. sometimes they are required reading assignments sometimes it is accessible to kids and these language arts books are very you know graphic in their illustrations and their descriptions of different sexual acts and unfortunately there are parents right now who are being sued by a school librarian in roxbury township because they questioned why these books were made available to their young students so there is a fight that's going on the 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 far left and those who are pushing this progressive ideology onto these young students. They love to label and accuse parents of being bigots or or, or transphobic in some way, but the minute these parents fight back, they get hit with the lawsuit. So it's like only one side of the conversation is being allowed to happen. Everyone else is being silenced. But thankfully, parents are not giving up. We're encouraging, do not give up. Do not let the school districts or the educational elites try to sideline you or make you feel powerless. You are making a difference. Again, like, them taking down these lessons from their website, it shows the public, it shows us they are embarrassed and ashamed of what they've been promoting in schools. Now, I'm sure they're still promoting it. I'm sure these lessons are still probably being taught, but they will no longer promote them or make them accessible to the public because they've realized it's simply indefensible and deeply, deeply unpopular.
6: Uh, we're speaking with Sean Highland of the New Jersey Family Policy Center. Sean, give a plug to what your organization does and how people can get involved if they want to if they want to be more connected to what's going on.
9: I want to encourage you to go to our website. Obviously, it's njfpc.org, njfpc.org, the New Jersey Family Policy Center. We have an entire resource section, both in English and in Spanish. We have videos and PDFs that parents can download and watch and share to help educate and inform other parents on what is being taught in public schools, how they can challenge and speak up about these lessons, and really fact-based information they can distribute to their friends and their family members and the school board members to help educate them on what their rights are an entire page dedicated to legislators who are fighting the good fight of faith who are standing their ground sponsoring good bills in our state capital to give parents their rights back in education to give them access and transparency to all the curriculum and materials and library books so we're going to go to njfpc.org great content great information and i'm sure it'll be very helpful to parents across the state
6: what are the biggest um Kind of landmines that uh, the new jersey family policy center is watching for uh the duration of 23 and into year 24.
9: yeah i think right now what's going on is that there is this uh change coming on the separation of male and female in, in sex ed puberty lessons and right now as it has been for decades they separate boys from girls and males from females but now they're trying to change that make it by gender identity and they keep using this so-called transgender guideline law that was passed five years ago or four years ago in our state, that these are simply guidelines that the Commissioner of Education made up four years ago. These are not laws. The law itself gave the Commissioner of Education the, the responsibility to develop guidelines to direct schools on what to do, but not require them to do it and yet so often they're being told these school districts by the school board attorneys this is mandated and it's required and legally it's not. There's a, a lawsuit that's just been filed this week by the state attorney general in New Jersey against the school board for not giving in to these guidelines and for protecting parents and students against these transgender guidelines. Governor Murphy and attorney general Placking is saying it's a violation of civil rights and now it's going to hit the court system. In this case, this issue needs to be heard. There is no law required requiring schools to implement these transgender guidelines in the state. There is a bill right now in the Assembly Education Committee that would require schools to do it. The reason that bill was sponsored by the vice chairwoman of the Education Committee is because it is not really a requirement at this point. Hmm. So schools can fight back. Parents can fight back.
6: And this case needs to be heard njfpc.org if you want more info if you are a resident of the garden state njfpc.org njfpc.org sean highland thanks for being with us
0: kevin thank you for having me on i appreciate it you got it kevin
9: mccullough coming
0: right back don't go away of the true location of mount sinai interviewing modern day exodus explorers and scholars
1: once i realized what this site was I dropped to my knees. All of the evidence, it's sitting out
0: there for everyone to see. Inspiring and faith-affirming. Journey to Mount Sinai 2 in theaters only May 15th and 17th. Get tickets today at Patternsofevidence.com.
2: Balance of Nature is whole produce. It contains all the vital parts in balance. Color, taste, and smell keep you well. And that's what you get with Balance of
3: Nature. Start now by going to balanceofnature.com and don't forget to use discount code KMC.
4: Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped my pillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA.
5: When I got my pillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well rested in the morning.
4: That's why I invented my pillow. one get one free offers and get deep discounts on all my pillow products
6: that's mypillow.com promo code kmc
5: i've been in show business my entire life i know when someone's an actor or an actress and i'd hear balance of nature being advertised and i just thought these are real people out there and they seem to just be really telling the truth about this product that they love. So I started using Balance of Nature and immediately I started seeing results and I went, oh my gosh, this works. I literally called up the founder and I said, I've never done this before in my life. I wanna tell people about Balance of Nature. I want it to do for them what it's done for me.
3: Join Kathy Lee Gifford and thousands of people worldwide on a journey to better health. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get 35% off your first preferred order. That's 1-800-246-8751. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this special offer by using discount code KLG.
4: amplifying truth, and pursuing clarity. It's Kevin McCullough Radio.
6: All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. It's a busy Friday, still um, a little bit to get to on the broadcast, and I'm so glad to welcome back uh, Rabbi Schneider to the uh, broadcast. Uh, You hear him if you you listen to me on WMCA AM 570 and 102.3 FM uh, here in New York City uh, every afternoon. You hear him just before me, 2.30 in the afternoon. He's on. Uh, but he rejoins us uh, from uh, the, his his home area in Columbus, uh, Rabbi. Welcome back. Always good to talk to you. The um, the, you, you've you've been awakened and you've had a, a burden be put on your heart recently. Tell my folks what it's all about.
10: Well, I was driving in early March, and suddenly something just rose up from within me, Kevin, the need to stand up and speak loudly and boldly about the destructive forces of the LGBT movement, which has swept over the Western world like a tidal wave and has become accepted and common and normalized. And it was time for me just to stand up, enough is enough to boldly declare the insanity of it and the destructive forces that are working in our society as a result of it in our families and in the lives of our children. So taking the rainbow back is the movement. I wanna encourage everybody that's listening now, and I'm really urging, this is so important, go to the domain name, takingtherainbowback.com to find out how you can get involved and stand for the Lord for the purposes of righteousness in the earth. I want to say that you can't follow Jesus without courage. And if mm. the salt loses its saltiness, what good is it? We need to speak out, church, and stand up.
6: Uh, there's a lot of people that are hearing you, Rabbi, that agree and uh, are probably very thankful for this. But um, I'm intrigued by the name, back.com. I think I, I get what the reference is to. But for people that may not be as initiated, uh, the 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 rainbow is a symbol that God gave mankind when he when he covenanted with them not to not to judge us uh, with the global flood ever again um it it strikes you that this is being now used perversely
10: totally and a lot of folks don't realize that not only do we see the promise of the lord made and sealed with the uh, rainbow as a sign of the covenant in genesis chapter 9 but when Ezekiel saw the Lord, the prophet Ezekiel in Ezekiel 128, he said he saw the son of God and he appeared in the form of a man. And he said there was a fire in his center and the fire from his center went up and down. And he said, and all around him was a radiance like a rainbow. And John in John 4 from the island of Patmos, when he saw the vision of the Lord on the throne, he said there was a rainbow in John uh, Revelation 4.3 around god's throne so the rainbow is a manifestation of god's glory and beauty when white light hits a prism and in this case in the natural world the prism is the raindrop that prism divides the white light into seven different wavelengths to form all the colors of the rainbow and just think about the divinity of it kevin seven seven colors in a rainbow Seven's god's perfect number mm-hmm. this is a god symbol and the church needs to stand up and speak truth to be lights of the world And to give people in the lgbt community another answer and hope
6: well and that's that's the other part of this discussion rabbi there there are um a lot of people particularly within the body of christ that care about our gay and lesbian neighbors and we we want to we want to have a good witness to them as we do with everybody um and sometimes that involves telling the truth, even if it's not simple, but rabbi, that should never be an exchange for, uh, dealing with them the way Jesus would, which is yes, tell them the truth, but also be there to answer questions when they have them.
10: Absolutely. Uh, the key is you know, we, we, we walk in love. It's the greatest uh, fruit of God's spirit and Jesus said, all men will know you by your love. So my heart is deeply grieved for people that are in that lifestyle, that really didn't choose to be there. I do believe some people, because of sin that entered the world, are born with same-sex attraction. They're hurting, they're struggling. Many in that lifestyle, as you know, Kevin, were sexually abused as children. So many people that are in this lifestyle are deeply hurting, and my heart really grieves for them. But we can't allow our human sympathy and compassion to carry us over to a point where we're blessing something that's not healthy and opposes God's word. We've got to speak the truth in love Sometimes it will re- lead to division, even when you're being as loving as you can. And we need to remember that Jesus has said, uh, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. And sometimes uh, it means that we're separated from those that we love the most.
6: Yeah, no, that's well said. All right, friends, the, the URL is takingtherainbowback.com. Rabbi Kurt Schneider is the uh, the proprietor, and he's going to be updating you with messages and other things. If you go there, you can sign up for everything and you can see it. But go to takingtherainbowback.com, takingtherainbowback.com. Rabbi, thank you for being with us today. We appreciate it.
10: I love you, my brother. Great to be with you once again. And hello, New York City.
6: You got it. And then be listening every weekday afternoon at 2.30 if you're here in New York on AM 570 and 102.3 FM. The Mission WMCA. Kevin McCullough coming right back.
10: work. On
0: April 28th, experience the movie based on the miraculous story of George Foreman.
4: George Foreman ain't no new champ. He is the new chump. Foreman is down.
0: I'm not going to box anymore. I'm going to follow God. It's the greatest comeback story of all time. There's only two things I know how to do. Box and preach
1: and preach. preach you won't pay the bills. Foreman's 45 years old. The risk isn't losing. It's surviving. How
5: can you beat that man?
8: I'm
0: going to lose my way. Big George Foreman. Exclusively in movie theaters. April 28th. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.
6: For those of you that know, we have been doing all that we can to help liberate human trafficking and human slaves uh, with Christian Solidarity International this year. It's our annual cause. And we have 192 names of women that need our assistance this year. Uh, Women that have experienced some excruciating things. And I wanna say thank you to those of you that have already called, 888-342-1010. We have helped liberate uh, more than a dozen now this year. Utensils, uh, other things that they need to create uh, a life for themselves, and you do it when you call 888 342 1010 or go to bringherhome.org.
4: Across the globe, learn why it matters first on Kevin McCullough Radio. All
6: right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us and always glad to welcome back Bethany Mandel. Uh, She is a tremendously gifted writer and you can read her in a number of places. The Deseret most regularly is where she is published, but you also see her in the New York Post and some other places sometimes. Uh, But she's also the um, editor in chief of the Heroes of Liberty book series, which I cannot recommend highly enough. It really does help your young people understand some true heroes of liberty and some of the things that they have faced uh, in order to be added to that uh, kind of hall of fame. Uh, And she's also the best-selling author of the new title, Stolen Youth, co-authored with Carol Markowitz on everything that's happened to our young people, kind of in the pandemic and post-pandemic era. And Bethany rejoins us now, and she's got little ones with her. Bethany, always fun to have you.
8: Thank you so much for having me. I apologize in advance; you might hear my three-year-old, who should be quiet. <laughs>
6: That—that's well, exactly. Why? Uh, so I—I I love, <laughs> I love when we get to talk to you, and this happens because this is this is this is you practicing what you preach in technicolor dream dream codes uh, right here. Um, <laughs> Therapists becoming social justice warriors during the pandemic. This was a phenomenon that you guys wrote about in Stolen Youth, but there's been other people writing about it recently. And I was wondering if you could just give us like a rundown of, of kind of how you identify it and, and kind of what the scenario turns into.
8: Yeah, absolutely. So I think the pandemic, I mean, the sort of premise of Stolen Youth was the pandemic accelerated a lot of social contagion and social mm-hmm. phenomenons. And the it's if you think about sort of woke ideology as a forest fire, it COVID just sort of poured gasoline on it. And there was a fantastic piece in the Free Press that really buttressed a lot of the reporting that I did in my chapters of Stolen Youth about how politicized uh, mental health has become. And uh, in the Free Press, they they did a lot of reporting about. Um, therapy programs and uh, individual patients who had their therapists kind of break up with them and fire them because they felt like they weren't operating in a, in a woke paradigm that made their therapists feel safe. And so um, there were um, there were a number of those kinds of stories in the free press in their reporting on therapy programs. Uh, but there was also, I think, more importantly, a lot of reporting about how uh, this explosion uh, within mental health field is making patients less resilient. And that was a, a major theme within Stolen Youth about how woke ideology is, is creating a less resilient uh, generation. Yeah. And the, 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 the reporting in the free press, you know, fleshed that out a great deal.
6: When you think about it, Bethany, and and I, you know I tend to be more of the political X's and O's type of uh, guy here. The the people that are pushing the ideology needed in some way to have a backdrop or pseudo backdrop of science to, to to context it against, and it does not surprise me at all that they would go to mental health officials. To kind of uh, undergird their findings or their or their uh, assumptions, because it was it, it is it is entirely in this kind of unknowable kind of uncertain kind of practice that that mental health is already kind of couched in that would give them the authority to come back and say, no, you have to allow your child to change their name and you have to call them their name and their pronouns and all the rest of it. Because if, if you don't, they're going to commit suicide. You can't go around yeah. saying that if you don't have experts, quote unquote, that are willing to back you up.
8: Yeah. And it, and it's not just about kids. And that I thought was the, the powerful part about the free press reporting was that it, it spoke to patients who were adults. And so they sort of had the vocabulary and the ability to, to, talk about uh in sort of more concrete, adult ways, like how this ideology impacted their care, their mental health care. And so in this request they talked about how, uh, you know, if you were black, you were sort of pushed into an oppressed role. And it goes contrary to everything that used to be taught in mental health programs about trying to build resilience. And instead what they're trying to do is foster a victimhood ment- ment- mentality. Where people aren't being equipped with the tools to overcome everything that they all the adversity that they've faced, and you know that's that's what we're teaching children, and you know all of their neural pathways are forming, and we are we are creating a situation where children are being given dopamine hits for expressing um, anger and outrage and sadness instead of um, instead of resilience.
6: Yeah. Well, what's interesting about that is that if we stay on these different paths long enough, you're going to see center-right kids that are raised in pretty God-fearing households that have kind of traditional self-esteem kind of construction that are going to uh, do well in society, uh, get their own dopamine hit off of how well they do. They're going to succeed. And it's going to it's going to draw this really sharp contrast to this kind of victimized, um, you know, belly aching state that the uh, that the other side wants to create.
8: Yeah, and I think that we're already seeing that if you look at um, studies of like happiness and mental health in blue states versus red states, for example, or or by political ideology, you're already seeing that. And you're going to see it tenfold, especially when you factor COVID into the situation. And you look at children who weren't allowed to leave their houses for two years and then were hiding behind masks and all of those things are going to have mental health implications. And then you put this ideology on top of it and you're looking at an entire generation of kids where their their resilience and their happiness and their health is going to be really dependent upon the political ideology of their parents. Um, There was a a really fascinating piece by Leonard Sachs, who wrote like one of the only parenting books that I recommend for the Institute of Family Studies, in which he said, you know, in my approach as a pediatrician, I can now tell the political ideology of the parents just by talking to the kid. No way. Yeah. Yeah. That he said like. The, the parents, the more liberal parents are practicing gentle parenting and the kids are basket cases and they've never heard the word no. And kids of more conservative parents are being raised with boundaries and um, very clear sort of lines of responsibility of like, this is what it is to be a person in this household, yep, whether yep. it be a parent or a child. And he's, he can see it. He can see the effects in his practice as a pediatrician.
6: That is that is not unbelievable i've said for a long time uh, tell me about your faith and i can tell you your politics and tell me your politics and i can tell you about your faith i'm sure there's a very similar correlation to what we're talking about uh, in the health of our children but it is disarming to hear that it is that obvious to you know a pediatrician anyway bethany mandel always appreciate your input and your little ones with us thank you for letting them guest star today
10: thanks
6: kevin McKellar, coming right back don't go away
0: April 28th. Experience the movie based on the miraculous story of George Foreman.
4: George Foreman ain't no new champ. He is the new chump. Foreman,
0: is down. I'm not going to box anymore. I'm going to follow God. It's the greatest comeback story of all time. There's only two things I know how to do. Box and preach and preach. You won't pay the bills.
1: Foreman's 45 years old. The risk isn't losing. It's surviving. How can
8: you beat that man? I'm going to
0: do this my way. Big George Foreman. Exclusively in movie theaters. April 28th. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.
5: I've been in show business my entire life. I know when someone's an actor or an actress. And I'd hear Balance of Nature being advertised, and I just thought, these are real people out there. And they seem to just be really telling the truth about this product that they love. So I started using Balance of Nature, and immediately I started seeing results. And I went, oh my gosh, this works. I literally called up the founder, and I said, I've never done this before in my life. I want to tell people about Balance of Nature. I want it to do for them what it's done for me.
3: Join Kathy Lee Gifford and thousands of people worldwide on a journey to better health. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get 35% off your first preferred order. That's 1-800-246-8751. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this special offer by using discount code KLG
2: Balance of Nature is whole produce. It contains all the vital parts in balance. Color, taste, and smell keep you well, and that's what you get with Balance of
3: Nature. Start now by going to balanceofnature.com and don't forget to use discount code KMC.
4: Hello, I'm Mike Vindell, inventor of My Pillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make My Pillow become one of the fastest-growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped my pillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA.
5: When I got my pillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well rested in the morning.
4: That's why I invented my pillow. one get one free offers and get deep discounts on all my pillow products
0: that's mypillow.com promo code kmc coming to theaters patterns of evidence journey to mount sinai Two. investigative filmmaker timothy mahoney uncovers evidence of the true location of mount sinai interviewing modern day exodus explorers and scholars
1: once i realized what this site was
0: i dropped to my knees All of the evidence, it's sitting out there for everyone to see. Inspiring and faith-affirming. Journey to Mount Sinai 2 in theaters only, May 15th and 17th. Get tickets today at PatternsofEvidence.com. What you need to know, when you need it. It's Kevin McCullough
6: Radio. All right, Kevin McCullough, as I mentioned at the top of the show today, um, New York City is uh, mourning the loss of one of our, really one of our leading shepherds. Uh, if we think about our pastors uh, as those that, uh, that are like Jesus, a shepherd, uh, then Tim Keller, Kim T- Tim Keller certainly was that for not only the people that attended Redeemer Presbyterian, but for all of the thousands and thousands of people that he impacted uh, via his teaching and via especially his writing. Um, his most recent book, Forgive, just came out uh, just a few months ago. And uh, I've heard from people that have read uh, that it has been a, a tremendous boost of encouragement to them in so many ways. The son, Michael uh, Keller, posted this on social media. Uh, This afternoon when the uh, death had become public, uh, they said uh, Timothy J. Keller, husband, father, grandfather, mentor, friend, pastor, and scholar died at home today. Dad waited until he was alone with mom. She kissed him on the forehead and he breathed his last breath. Uh, Michael says we take comfort in some of his last words. There is no downside for me leaving not in the slightest, and then they say, see you soon, Dad. Michael Keller on behalf of the family, which includes uh, Kathy, his mom, Michael, uh, and family, uh, we love you, we are praying for you. Uh, the messages are coming in from all over. Um, and the Redeemer campuses are all uh, issuing statements as well. Uh, some thoughts from from Tim Keller about his impending death. Um, this was something that he said not long ago. He said, when some people say, well, when you die, it's over, it's just over, there's nothing to be afraid of, my response is, what you're saying is that death means the end of love, and you're telling me not to dread that? Tim Keller says, give me a break. If I know there's love on the other side of death, I can face it. If I know there's infinitely greater love, then I can really face it, a quote from uh, Tim Keller. He also said this, uh, September, uh, no, no, um, no, that's his birthday. He, I don't have the, qu- the date of this quote. This is just something he's credited as saying. And I have a feeling that Keller will become a lot like C.S. Lewis. There's going to be people just, um, you know, infinite number of quotes. But this is one that uh, is really good. If Jesus died so you don't have to pay for anything in your past and he has risen to be your living Savior, then what can death do to you? Um, powerful testimony from a man who For the last three years of his life Was fighting uh, various forms of cancer In fact, he had I did not realize this I was reading uh, from the Fox News article today He, I think, was originally diagnosed with cancer in 2002 uh, That was a different form of cancer Than what ended up uh, taking his life Which had resurged He had been cancer-free um, just a few months ago But he's had, he had had things come back But anyway, New York and uh, the church losing one of our shepherds, one of our deeply loved shepherds, Tim Keller, today, May nineteenth, two 2023. Kevin McCullough, by the way, we will be doing a special tribute broadcast to uh, Tim's memory on Monday. I hope you will join us, special people weighing in on exactly what he meant to them. We'll see you then.